All right, we're back on the fan morning show. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Less than a week. Beyonce. You got it. That was just a given, I thought. Quite proud of you. Less than a week to the Super Bowl. Next time we talk to Ross Tucker, it will have been completed. The trophy will be hoisted and we'll be breaking it down. But let's tee it up. One last time, Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Westwood One analyst, joining us from sunny Arizona. How's it going this morning, Ross? Well, it's not really sunny yet. It's six o'clock here. Um, it's but coming. It will. It will be sunny, <laughs> and uh, it's hopefully going to be going awesome. Thank you, Alish. Of course. Um, the Pro Bowl this weekend. We had the NHL All Star Weekend at the same time, so a lot of fun sporting events to view. But new format this year. What are your takeaways on the attempts to maybe make it a bit more enjoyable, a bit more fan friendly, and spice it up a bit? Uh, I like it. Yeah, I mean the old format was not working right i mean it's just it's really not fun to watch football when guys don't want to hit each other you know it's like that's kind of not the sport and it makes it really difficult now somehow they still got incredible ratings you know for the pro bowl last few years and that's basically because the nfl is so popular and you have all the best players together so I think it's a lot of younger kids, a lot of fantasy people that watch, maybe. I don't know. Um, I like what they're trying to do. We're getting some of these different games, flag football. You know, I'm a firm believer that the growth in football is going to come from flag, right? Like everybody I talk to, their kids play flag. Mm-hmm. Not all of them play tackle. A lot of them don't play tackle, but they all, everybody plays flag. Now, I don't know if that's the big thing up in Canada yet, but. In America, everybody plays flag. I'm a huge proponent of it. Get people to enjoy the sport without having to worry about the physicality. You know, you don't need to be a lineman when you're eight years old, okay? Let them catch a pass. Let them, you know, have fun. And then if you decide, you know, when you're a teenager or whatever, that you want the contact, you want that aspect of it, I think that's great. That would be my – I mean, literally, flying out here, I said that to a dad on the plane yesterday. So this is good timing. That's interesting. I mean, I don't think it's much of a thing in Canada, to be honest, but football is not like much of a thing. You don't have any high school that I was near, at least, uh, had football teams. Um, but I wonder, like you mentioned linemen, can you like properly develop every position playing flag? Or is that just something that comes and it's you don't need to be a lineman for years and years as a you know a teenager? Another great question. And the answer is, you're not really, you can't really properly train people to block and tackle while playing flag football. However, unlike a lot of sports, certainly like, you know, uh, baseball or tennis or lacrosse, probably even hockey, right? Hockey, like it's almost like the earlier you start, the better your skills get. Football is such a tight weight speed aggression ratio sport that there's just like so many examples of guys that never played. So they were in 11th grade or their senior year and they just go out there and just murder people. Right. Because so much of it is based on your natural physical abilities as opposed to like, you know, honing a skill quarterbacks, probably a little bit different, but most of the other positions it's like, I mean, there's guys that never played before in their life. All of a sudden, you put them at D-line, they have like 20 sacks just because they're a monster. Um, Ross, the new skills competitions, 
what would you be best at if you were thrown in there yesterday? So I didn't really watch it very much, Alish. I was actually skiing oh, in Western yeah. Pennsylvania. I raced back, hopped on a plane, and got out here. <laughs> um, from what I watched, uh, I watched like the flag football part of it. Um, I don't know. I didn't see any of them that I would be particularly good at. Did they have any dodgeball chugging or food eating? <laughs> dodgeball. So you know what's interesting about that? Where I grew up, we didn't call it dodgeball. We called it bombardment. Oh, what? Um, what? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was called bombardment. That doesn't exactly roll in, off the in, tongue. In Eastern Gary. Pennsylvania, <laughs> and um, I was excellent at it. I think it's a really healthy thing to start in kindergarten. So, like, really early on, the weak kids to know that they have no chance, and the strong kids can just pick on them. I think it's a, no. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But no, in all sincerity. It, that like they shouldn't do that. I mean, in kindergarten, first grade, it was very obvious really early on who the big strong kids with strong arms are, and we would just take the balls and we would peg the other kids. And I don't know. I don't know. How, now that I have kids, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it was fun when I was like one of the big strong kids that could peg the other kids, but it's a little bit different if your kids not like the not like the the the, the strong one, you know. Yeah, there are haves and have-nots, even uh, when playing dodgeball. Um, I hope this kind of loosely segues into the actual game that's coming up this weekend. But I, I've been yeah, thinking... I mean, I, I got to be honest with you guys. We're six minutes in. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> this is what I love about live radio. I mean, I'm telling kindergarten bombardment stories. This is amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we we definitely want to keep you on your toes, Ross, because uh, I guess you do the same for us. Um Salary cap. It's been on my mind here because we're talking about the NHL every day on the show and the NHL clearly has a salary cap issue. And I was thinking about the Chiefs and how they are lesser than in some ways, right? They trade Tyreek Hill. They got to make all these concessions around the lineup. They don't look like the Eagles because the Eagles have a quarterback on a rookie deal or a deal that is far more affordable than the Patrick Mahomes one. So in that case, and the cost of winning and how you have to make concessions with your roster if you have great players, is there a salary cap problem in the NFL? I know it's not the extent the NHL is, and again, I know you don't know the ins and outs of what the NHL's salary realities are right now, but do you think that the NFL does have a salary cap problem? No, I don't at all. Um, Especially because the salary cap is so malleable, you know? It, It rarely is the thing that prevents you from doing what you want to do Mm. because you can give guys big signing bonuses and prorate them out because you can structure contracts. Like look at what the bucks did the last couple of years. You can really keep whoever you want to keep if it's important enough to you. Now that's not the same as saying there's no such like it's going to come to roost, right? So like the bucks, are in a bad way this year because they kicked the can down the road a lot when they had Brady, you know, obviously he's $35 million of dead money. But I guess my point is it forces franchises to make priorities decisions between right now, the near term, the long term, And I kind of think that's the way it is. I, I think that's kind of the way it should be. Right. Like, you know, the Chiefs said, you know what, we love Tyreek, but we don't really think it's worth it in the big scheme of what we would have to do 
we don't really think that that's worth it to pay him that much. We'd rather get the draft picks and pay some other people, and it's worked out very, very well for the Chiefs. Well, less of a consideration going into this weekend, of course, but the offseason will pose many questions. We're looking ahead at the Super Bowl on Sunday. It's been about a week since we really teed up the game itself. Um, What questions do you have that, that you still have that need answering going into Sunday? Yeah, I think the biggest one is probably just the Chiefs receiver's health. Right? I mean, it sounds like Hardman's not going to play. I'm curious to hear how healthy Juju Smith-Schuster is, how healthy Kadarius Toney is. It's a big part of this thing, a really big part of this thing. So I think that's an unanswered question. And then honestly, I, I really think the Super Bowl comes down to one main question, and that is, are the Eagles' lines, offensive and defensive line, are they good enough to offset the fact that Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the planet, right? So I think we all agree. If we don't, I don't know, people like being wrong, I guess, because he is. Mahomes is the best player in the world, and that's a, that's an advantage for the Chiefs in every game they play. But are the lines for the Eagles so dominant that they're able to overcome and overtake Mahomes' advantage as the best player? And we'll find out because the Chiefs are pretty good up front too. But the Eagles, like, if you go back and watch that 49ers game, the 49ers thought they were bullies. Like, the 49ers thought, we, we're the ones with the big, bad offensive and defensive lines. And the Eagles, like, wrecked them. I mean, guys were getting thrown out of the club. Guys were getting tossed on the ground. I mean, the Eagles just beat them up. And so now it's whether or not the Chiefs can hang. If the Chiefs can hang, then they got a great chance to win it late with Mahomes. If they can't hang, I do think there's the potential that the Eagles win this game by by a couple scores, although it's just so hard to imagine that because of how good Mahomes is always. Yeah, it does feel like perfect player versus perfect team and and what force is stronger within that. And I think the next layer, though, as much as it might be convenient because, you know, there are brothers on both sides, I do feel like the Kelseys are going to play a big role. And you sort of underscored how much the line means and and, and clearly uh, that's helped anchored by a Kelsey but if we're talking about the one player that can really, really help Patrick Mahomes be great, it seems like it'll be Travis Kelsey. So if you're picking a Kelsey, Jason, or Travis, which one do you think has a bigger impact in, in the success and failure in this game? Yeah, I mean, it's probably Travis. Um, and I got to tell you, I, I can't remember ever seeing anything like this. How does he get open 20 times every game? Like, it, it's, he's not like crazy fast. And you watch the Chiefs play, like that playoff game against the Jaguars when he caught 14 passes. It's like so maddening because, you know, in the meeting all week, they're like, all right, got to stop Kelsey. All right, the key is Kelsey. We can't let Kelsey beat us. And then these teams, week after week, come out and Kelsey beats them. That's actually, you know, some people think that that's a little bit of a weakness for the Eagles, meaning their pass coverage in the middle of the field with their linebackers and with their safeties. So I'm quite sure that that is the area that Andy Reid and the Chiefs are going to try to exploit at least early on. 
And I think they're going to try to get the ball out of Mahomes' hands quickly because I, I think they know this Eagles pass rush is just so legit that they don't want to, you know, give these guys a chance to tee off on on Mahomes. But then the, the flip side of that's true too, right? Which is if you're the Eagles, you really want to take away the initial first throw. You really don't want Mahomes to be able to get the ball out of his hands quickly. You want him to have to hold it even for a beat that hopefully your pressure, your edge rushers can get to him and hit him. Or Mahomes just has to pull the ball down and move around, you know, which is obviously something I don't think he wants to do right now with the ankle. So we're talking about superstars and how they often, you know, create the narrative going into this game. But I love the Super Bowl for for many reasons, because sometimes there's those unsung heroes that emerge where you haven't given them the flowers they deserve and they find a way to be the storyline going through it. Who would that need to be for the Eagles or the Chiefs, an unsung player that maybe we haven't had, you know, the conversation, the Kelsey's, the the quarterbacks, et cetera, that you think could really be a, a factor to this team winning? You know, I'll give you one on each side, and I think it's they're very similar. And it's sort of the um, under-the-radar running backs. You know, for the Eagles, Eddie Gainwell has really been awesome these last two games. I mean, I think he's arguably been their best running back in the playoffs, had over 100 yards against the Giants, played well against the 49ers. And so there's a real potential that the Eagles decide to come out and just kind of run the ball down down the Chiefs' throat. And, you know, say Miles Sanders will probably be the, the the lead in that, but I think Gainwell could be a big part of it as well because he's been playing so well. And then for the Chiefs, um, it's ironic because their running back, Isaiah Pacheco, he's from Vineland, New Jersey, which is, I don't know, 30 minutes from Philly. And he's just been awesome for them this year. And the Eagles' run defense is not their strength. Now, typically, Andy Reid just does not have the patience to come out and run the ball. Like That's just not what Andy Reid likes to do. So I doubt he will do that. But if he did, I do think there's the potential there for the Chiefs to be able to kind of surprise the Eagles and, and run it on them pretty well. Okay, Ross, before we let you go, we got to tee up at the Super Bowl event that is everybody sitting on their couch and enjoying a, a party. What's the go-to Super Bowl party food for you? Uh, probably wings. Yeah, wings Pro- probably, probably wings. Yeah. Breaded, I mean, I, unbreaded? Um, unbreaded, but I, I have had, oh. I've had some new, um, genres of wings lately there's the other one that's like i forget what they call them love a genre like of wing <laughs> yeah that's good. that's good um they're good they're good no i would say wings i also like a good um i'm kind of a big hummus and Ooh, guac nice. guy yeah just because i'm crazy healthy like that so <laughs> i like to uh i like to dip like um i might even get nuts and put like a carrot in there so that like what when i first get to a party when i first get to a party like if there's a bunch of people there i'll be like oh wow carrots with hummus that sounds delicious and i'll like make a big scene about it and i'll eat that so they they think i'm healthy and then i'll sneak like 10 wing drums in the corner by myself you are a beacon of health ross it's um it's a gift 
<laughs> well, we'll be sure to put some of that on our uh, on our plates on Sunday. Appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend. And we can't wait to break it down next Monday. Awesome. See you guys. You too. Thanks so much. That's Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Westwood One analyst. And I'm going to say I do think a veggie tray is underrated. I love a good veggie tray. Really? Yep. But it's more about the the mayo-y sauce in the middle, is it not? You hate ranch and mayo, so no wonder I don't you go don't near like the veggie, veggie tray. But it's not because I'm, you know, you like the, the anti Ross Tucker. Oh yeah. Well, so what's the difference, really? It's not mayo based. That's what no, I mean. The like, difference. so you still don't like a veggie tray? <laughs> no, no. If it's if it's a good hummus, I'll get involved. Okay. But if it's, I think what you, I suspect you need a balance. You need a balance. I can't just go to a Super Bowl port- party and eat wings and nachos oh, oh, and heavy spinach dips that are like cheesy greatness i need like one or two pieces of a palate cleanser greenery greenery something green from the earth needs or to go orange, in my like stomach a carrot. yeah no it's it's it just it depends it's got to be done well if you just like do the normal one with the the broccoli that hasn't been cooked and it's just like no one's going towards that it's that's be true good. It's you're, be well you're the crafted. type of guy that hits up loblaws and just grabs a platter eh? no no I don't like You're going to handcraft the I mean, I, I am kind of lazy when it comes to, like, friend get-togethers and such. Like, sometimes I don't pull my weight. Mm, you're grabbing a bag of chips, aren't you? But sometimes I go the complete opposite direction, and I go, and I'm, I, I invest some time, and Super Bowl is one thing worth investing time in. I would love to get a crock pot full of Swedish meatballs and bring those. It's, a, it's an underrated Slash easy speaking to create of, snack. Speaking of Swedish meatballs, I uncovered something on the weekend. Forget. <laughs> that, was a, that was a strange sentence. Wow. Forget, <laughs> uh, you know, like workspaces where you have to like pay an exorbitant amount of money to like, like an office. You know, those like that's a new business, right? You go, you go to an office space, you buy time, a timeshare at yes. an office. It's like work. I, I got a tip for anyone who's in that sort of industry or needs that. Go to Ikea. I was at Ikea on the weekend, and they have a cafeteria. Mm -hmm. If you're a member, free coffee, free and elite Wi-Fi, and you can get a meal for like six bucks. I'm telling (laughs) you, man, don't go to those fancy workspaces that are costing you an arm and a leg. Just hang out at Ikea. But then you're going to end up with one of those Bjorgen stack couches on your way out. And if you need something on the way home, you're good. That's where to get your work done. Wow. Ikea, free coffee, meals under But you have to be a member. How much is it to be a member? Nothing. You just have to sign up. They just oh, want so to send it's you free emails. to be a member. They just want to send you and emails. And then you press unsubscribe immediately. Well, they might have to, you might have to keep that. Oh, interesting. But they've got these desserts that look fake but look also delicious. Like they, it's very, very affordable, very affordable place to get a meal, or a meal, some work done, some coffee. It's all there for you. I do like the $1 ice cream cones and the cheap hot dogs, as you know. So I'm telling you. You can you can you get anything there. Okay. The world is your oyster there, and everything is cheap, and everything looks good. Well, you they have these little carts where people are just like moving around these carts with like like four meals stacked up on top of each other. It's brilliant. Wow. Nowhere to find Justin on his weekends at IKEA, just stealing Wi-Fi, stealing Wi-Fi, drinking free coffee. That's where you're gonna have your Super Bowl party. I honestly, you're gonna grab one of the couch display threw, models. If they threw a TV up there, I would be <laughs> perfectly fine hanging out there. You'll be in those sets. You know how they make these perfect like little sets. You walk in, you're like, just, this is what my living room could look stagger, like if I had stagger over to a bed at the end of the night. It's actually perfect. <laughs>
living at Ikea. All right. Well, let's uh, let's send in your wake and rake pics so you can afford the Swedish meatballs at Ikea. And you can text that in, text that in at 590, 590, got NHL and NBA tonight. Not sure if there's any tennis. Neil will let us know. But on the other side of the break, we're going to talk to Mitch Lawrence, Mad Dog Sports Radio and Sirius XM NBA Radio about that Kyrie Irving move, how it might affect the Toronto Raptors, who have one more game before the trade deadline. Then we're going to do a mini wake and rake. So that's next on the Fan Morning Show. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back on the Fan Morning Show, Sports at 590 The Fan, Monday after the Grammys. Justin, who is this? I was like, this isn't a Grammy. Well, it is a Grammy winner. Unless he... I actually don't know if he won anything last night. It's Harry Styles' But he was wearing house, something you know ridiculous that. last night. You... Five seconds ago, didn't know, and I'm glad that you redeemed I thought it yourself. was an older song. No, you're good. You're good. We shouldn't be talking about the music. Podcast is a bad day for that. We're usually pretty good with that. It's a day for the Grammys. Makes right. sense. I mean, I kind of I set up the failure by Before we requesting it. talk to Mitch Lawrence, last reminder to get your Wake and Rake submissions in at 590-590. No Toronto sports in action, but you got a full slate. And We're some... giving some ground after 830, which is generally we what we don't do. We'll let, we'll let it slide today because we got a great guest to tee up. The Kyrie Irving era, part four, five, six, who knows? Mitch Lawrence hosts the Sirius XM NBA Radio, Mad Dog Sports Radio. Thanks for joining us this morning. Well, thanks for having me on. How are you guys today? We're doing well. We're unpacking um, a little Sunday big news dump, really, for us. I'm glad to have some because the Raptors haven't done much lately for us now. But let's just start with Kyrie Irving on the move. Um, your original ponderings and thoughts when you saw the trade um, come to fruition. Well, you know what? The Nets basically had it with Kyrie Irving. He probably had it with them too. I, I, I know that he, he probably felt like he wasn't going to get, as we, as we have learned, he wasn't going to get the four-year, $200 million extension uh, he's looking for from them. I don't think anybody's going to give that to him. But for the Nets, it was time to move on. I mean, three and a half years, he was unreliable. He basically, as Charles Barkley called him, half man, half season. He plays as he misses as many games as he plays. And uh, although he'd been playing great, especially without Kevin Durant around because Durant's hurt, um, you know, for for the Nets, it was just time to move on. They had a they had to move on from this era. It blew up in their faces. It's blown up certainly in Kevin Durant's faces. And for Kyrie, you know, he's moved on to another team. And, you know, down, I live now in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and the sentiment down here is, well, it's great that the Mavericks got got a star for Luka, but, boy, can we trust this guy to actually be committed and play? I mean, it's all the usual stuff. So, uh, And it's also, my other thought was, well, too bad for LeBron James, because LeBron James was dying to get Kyrie, and Kyrie was dying to go there. And I guess the reports are that the Brooklyn owner, Joe Tsai, didn't want him to go to Los Angeles. So uh, all the players who believe in player empowerment, it always comes back to that. The team mm-hmm. can always send you where they want. Yeah, okay, so three teams involved. Uh, I, I, we'll get to all of them. I do want to start with Brooklyn, though, because they're pretty fascinating. What direction do they go to now? They got some good pieces back in return. They got futures assets back in return as well. There's still a team that's expected to be competitive in the Eastern Conference. Did they turn around and now get a little more aggressive? Do they try and make another deal? Do they sell off some of their futures assets to help them right now as long as Kevin Durant's there? Does Kevin Durant go out to trade? Like, what do you see as the next move for the Brooklyn Nets after trading away Kyrie? I don't think we've heard from Durant yet. Wouldn't, you know, 
is anybody going to be surprised if he wants to be traded? No, he's already, you know, the Nets lead the league in superstar trade demands, um, and he's done it already. We'll see if he wants to stay. But from the Nets standpoint, I think they probably feel like they're a little too small to really compete for a title, so they'd be looking to add somebody. Uh, I don't know who that would be by the trade deadline, but, yeah, I mean, I think they did pretty well for themselves getting Dorian Finney-Smith, who's a very good defender, good all-around role player, and uh, Spencer Didwitty, who, who can help uh, compensate for some of the, the scoring that they're going to lose from Kyrie. The other problem for them, obviously, is can they ever get Ben Simmons turned around, which is a huge issue because he now is the second-best player on the team, and he's been awful. And so, yeah, I think the Nets are probably hoping that they can make another move here before the deadline to give themselves a better chance to compete with teams like Boston and Milwaukee because right now they're just not at that uh, upper echelon. A couple days to figure out where they decide to go, but let's look on the other side with the Mavs, who obviously now have two of the best uh, in in their backcourt here. Luca. The question here is, is can the two of them work together? I think that that's going to be uh, maybe uh, an interesting um, work in progress. Obviously, there's the question of if he's not happy this postseason with the pending contract extension talks, that's something to look at down the road. But just initially, can the two of them work together as two superstars? Don't know. We're going to find out. (laughs) I mean, look, uh, you know, what the fans think down here is that yeah, they finally got another superstar to pair with Luca, but can he count on Kyrie? You know, besides the fact that he'll ghost his team and he's not reliable, there's always that injury problem for him too. He has a hard time staying healthy. You know, the Maverick fans are still a little mad that uh, they that the team let Jalen Brunson walk. They could have had him for about a $50 million contract and he didn't get anything from return when he went to the Knicks in the offseason. And so they gave up some, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith is a popular player. He's not as good as Kyrie but you give up a couple of good pieces to bring in Kyrie. And now you might be running him for a few months. I mean, who's to say to Kyrie, you know, we'll see how he gets along with Luca. We'll see how he likes Dallas. You know, Dallas is a different, different neck of the woods than playing in Brooklyn. Mm. Um, if Kyrie Irving comes out and takes some political stands, uh, he might find that it's a lot more conservative down in these parts than in Brooklyn. And people are going to be less tolerable of his views. Um, he might want to leave. He might want to just like, you know what, I'll, I'll just go to Los Angeles and, and get some sort of contract from them and be where I want to be. So, yeah, you raise a great point. The other thing is they couldn't stop anybody with Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, who are good defenders. Jason drives Jason Kidd up the wall. Um, and now their top four players are all bad defenders. Luca, Kyrie, Christian Wood, and uh, who's the four? Oh, Tim Hardaway Jr., so, you know, they still look like a, a playoff team, but they look like they could get knocked out easily in the first round. They're, they don't look at all like a team uh, defensively that can get back to the Western Conference Finals. But your original point is, is, is very accurate and true. I was in New York uh, at the Daily News for a long time, and, you know, the, 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 you had um, Carmelo Anthony coming in a trade, and, and they tried to make it work with Amir Stoudemire. That didn't go well. And those are two superstars and in their era. You know, years before that, when I was growing up in a Knicks fan, uh, Earl Monroe, an all-time player, came in to play with Walt Frazier. That worked. There was a lot of sacrifice there. I don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie here with Luka. That's going to be interesting because both guys need the ball. So Doncic does green light the move, or at least he does reportedly. I, I, we're a little bit more separate yes. from it. Uh, we see, you know, we get the good stuff, right? We get the good stuff from Luca when he goes off and it's all smiles and everyone's happy. 
But was there some frustration with him, uh, with Luca, wanting more, wanting more support? And he did green light this move. Is this what he wanted? He wanted a guy who was not of the Kyrie, because Kyrie just separating him, like ultra talented player, obviously. But was he desperate for the second, the the the, the running mate, someone who could uh, score the ball the way he does, someone who could be a superstar, someone who could be a big name? Was he desperate for the help uh, at that level and not, you know, relishing in the world where everything goes through him and he makes all the decisions, he has the ball at all times? Did he want that sort of support? I think there's some of that. I think the more desperate party were the Mavericks because the basic view is that, gee, if we don't get Luca, the, the feeling from fans looking at it and from kind of like just hearing, reading the tea leaves are, you know, if the Mavericks don't get on the ball and get another star in here, is Luke going to like leave it a couple of years? I think that's in the back of people's minds. You've already heard he might want to go to a bigger market down the line. You know, I think that was the, one of the big things that they had in mind is that this is going to help take some of the load off of Luca. He bring, we, we, we have another great score in here, a phenomenal talent. Everybody knows about Kyrie's talent level. And I think uh, it remains to be seen how much Luca wants to give up the ball. But I think just from the standpoint of the team itself, they know the frustrations. They had Dirk Nowitzki for years, and they had a hard time getting a second star in for him. And arguably, when they won the title, they really didn't have a second star. You know, unless you consider Jason Terry <laughs> a second star. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think a lot of that is at play. But you always have to remember that um, it's for in the Mark Cuban era, it's been very hard for them, other than having an, a, a Dirk Nowitzki and a Luka, it's been very hard getting a second second star. If you look at the Mavericks team, even with Brunson, uh, and Brunson played out of his mind, but the, when they lost Brunson, you know, their next after Luka, who's an obviously a top 10 player, sometimes he's top five, he's been mentioned for the MVP, their next best player was Christian Wood. I don't even know if he's a top 60 player. So, yeah, I think all that's at work. There's a lot of angst, I think, that we got to get ourselves a second star to keep Luka happy and to improve our chances here going down the line. So how detrimental is this for the Lakers? Uh, LeBron obviously nearing the end, uh, nearing the end at least of his like highly, highly competitive days. He's chasing the record. We'll see what happens once he passes the record, load managing. But they have managed to put together a decent little group here, and Kyrie may have put them over the top if they were able to shed Westbrook and get a guy who has worked with LeBron previously. You mentioned that, hey, Kyrie could just end up in L.A. next year, but missing out on this opportunity, getting Kyrie this year, being good this year, how detrimental do you think this is to the Lakers and LeBron? Major. Major, because who can they get, go out and get now at the trade deadline? They turned down Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. could have had those guys. You know, Joe Sy, apparently the reports are the Nets owner did not want to send Kyrie to the team he wanted to go to, so that obviously is is bad for the Lakers. And I just don't know who they can turn to now that would really help them. And, and their problem too is the way they're set up. You know, you, you, at this point, you trust LeBron James more than you do Anthony Davis to stay healthy. And LeBron gets hurt too. So he's going to pass the record. It's a great testament to his longevity. Let's not, let's not, you know, let's, let's all remember he came in the league at 18 years old. Kareem came in the league. He was 22. Will came in the league, he was 23. He had four and five-year starts on these guys. So, yeah, he's been a prolific scorer. It also helped that he, he came in right after high school. But just in terms of his, his ability to get back to the playoffs in a playing game, 
that's still up in the air. I don't know what Rob Palink and the Lakers are going to do, but they have to they have to add to this team because they do have a lot of deficiencies in terms of shooting, scoring, and and you worry about Anthony Davis holding up. We're speaking with Mitch Lawrence, host of Sirius XM NBA Radio, Mad Dog Sports Radio. Mitch, um, the ripple effect from this, we've already seen some teams starting to uh, react quickly Sunday. They miss out on someone of, of that magnitude. They're starting to look around. Obviously, the Raptors have been in trade rumor reports for a, quite a while here with Fred Van Vliet, with OG and uh, Gary Trent Jr. How do you think this plays out for the West especially, but for maybe the Raptors fans listening, does this make Fred Van Vliet a bit more of an easily attractable, attainable name? I don't know if he's going to be easily attainable. I think he's definitely out there. I think Toronto's probably going to make some moves. I think it's going to be a wild trade deadline because, well, we've already had the most, the biggest domino fall in Kyrie. There's no bigger person. I don't think it's going to be traded. I don't see Durant being traded. But, I mean, you've heard now Phoenix is looking to make moves. They're looking maybe to move Chris Paul, who's obviously a big name, and he's on the downside. You heard Miami's interested in trying to do something. Uh, there are a lot of teams, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Lakers. There are a lot of teams, the Spurs, the, the Jazz, Danny Ainge. Uh, I don't think he's going to stand pat. There's a good 8-10 teams that could be very active, including Toronto, at the deadline. And we'll just see how things shake out. So, there's, yeah, there are a lot of teams that are willing. Even here in Milwaukee and Boston, I mean, two teams that look to me like they're the clear favorite to the East. They're looking to add. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think this is, uh, the start of, I think we'll probably have some moves today and over the next few days, I think it's going to be a great, great trade deadline in terms of uh, movement. That's what we like to hear in, in our business, eh? Some good trades, some good trade deadline talk because it was a bit too quiet of the last couple of weeks. <laughs> well, uh, yesterday was the, the first of, I think it's a, a big wave here and we'll just see how, uh, you know, things shake out, maybe even golden state makes a move. Mm-hmm. You never know in the West what's going to happen because they obviously aren't uh, aren't right. So we'll see, but it's it's going to be fascinating. Well, appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the week, and it was great to break down uh, yesterday's news with you. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Enjoyed it. Take care. That's Mitch Lawrence, host of Sirius XM NBA Radio and Mad Dog Sports Radio. Busy week ahead, It's he a says. busy week, big week with the uh, NBA trade deadline. Obviously, it's Super Bowl week. Phoenix is hosting the Waste Management oh, and the boy. Super Bowl. That it's a big, city big, big, is big going deal. to be in one. Yeah, I mean uh, Ross Tucker there early. I wonder what the. I wonder how hard it would have been to get. Like, what are the Airbnbs going for this weekend? So when I found out that Scottsdale, I I looked about maybe the beginning of the NFL season, just pondering because I found out that Waste Management was the same weekend as, mm-hmm. and I actually have some adjacent friends that are going to a bachelor party this weekend in Arizona for waste management slash Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to recover. I don't know. Are they going to waste management? (laughs) Yes. Okay. That's, that's the key. Well, yeah, you go there for waste management. If you're going there thinking, oh, the bachelor, bachelor party is going to be this, but all of a sudden NFL, the NFL has descended on Mm -hmm. that city. The waste management has descended on that city. Getting Ubers, getting no, it's crazy. into bars, getting anywhere is going to be an absolute nightmare. So you got to be ready for that. But they're ready. I want to go. I really, waste management is on the bucket list. But I always think about like what the end of the day looks like when you're trying to get out of you're that place. Crawling. And everyone is like a zombie, how much of a disaster it would be. It kind of scares me. And then me add the bit. factor of the Super Bowl. And the soup, like it's. 
Yeah, it's going to be Good absolutely luck. Best insane. of luck if you're attending. Let us know, mm-hmm. please. Um, all right, so we have a mini wake and rake today because we've got no Toronto sports, um, but we will be, not today because we're running short on time, but we we will unveil our Super Bowl You've props. been hard at work all weekend on it. I did create about 90%. I just want to run it through you before we officially make it public, but okay. a Super Bowl prop bet sheet that our listeners can be a part of. It'll be one of those Google forms. You'll be able to submit your name, your email address, whatever. We can play together. There'll be plenty of questions that you can be a part of. Maybe some fun ones. Maybe some that you get to choose whose side if you're on Justin's or Ailish. So we know where that's going to go. Okay. And we'll go through all that. We're going to figure out if there's something we can reward you with. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's still in the works. Still play. I'll, we'll tweet that out. Maybe tomorrow we'll have it all figured out. But we're about 90% done on that. Just so you know. Okay. How many questions would you ballpark it at? Um, let's go with like, what, 20? Only 20. Well, I don't know. I don't want to overwhelm you. I gave you, you like 10 yesterday. Oh, okay. How about 100? I had a feeling it would be in like the 40 range. Right now, I have it at least 50 questions. Oh, you have 50 now. But I wanted to make it a little bit more accessible. I don't think you should trim it too much. I think I think the the... I don't know how many people are going to show up, but there could be a lot of... Like, when we do one with just, like, 10 people at a Super Bowl party, it seems like only one question is really different, and a lot of people, you get into a tie scenario. Mm -hmm. So the more, the better to avoid a tie and to have an undisputed I got a lengthy list. I just thought we, you know... Some people open a Google form, and they got to scroll, and they're like, no. A little daunting. Excellent. I don't know. I think think a lot of people want to get involved. Believe in listeners. We'll make it a bit heftier for you. Um, let's go through our anchor picks tonight. So there's no Maple Leafs, no Raptors, of course, but Bo Horvat makes his debut as a New York Islander. That will be a must-watch game against the Flyers. <laughs> I thought you'd say that before. I don't know if I'm at must-watch, but I might tune in. The Mavs play tonight against the Jazz on the road. Don't think that we'll see Kyrie tonight. Probably not. Um, the Nets also host the Clippers tonight, 730. Be interesting just to see how these things play out. Um mm-hmm. As we talked to Mitch about, could be some more NBA trades tonight. I always love seeing a, t- a guy debut with his new team. So my pick is actually going to come from the Islanders-Flyers game tonight. Mine too. Okay. I'm, Don't steal mine. No problem. Um, I'm just going, playing a little sim- simple here. I'm going to go with Bo Horvat over shots. Is that two and a half? He. It's a narrative play. It's a narrative play. I would expect him to want to make a good debut with his new team. It is on the road, unfortunately, but the Flyers are not a great hockey team. Bo Horvat's got a little something to prove. He just got some money in the bank. He's This is a significant weekend for Bo Horvat. I'm liking him just to get... Teammates will want to get him involved. They will. Find a spot to get him in a shooting area. Yeah, I, I think that's two and a half is nice. Two and that. a half is good. And he hasn't always been... Like I look, I went back and looked through the numbers. Like he's not always hitting the over in this, which is kind of shocking for a guy of his scoring a lot of scoring goals, scoring abilities. But I'm I'm thinking tonight he gets puck on the net. So Bo Horvat over two and a half shots. Okay, I like the pick. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna kind of correlate it. I'm just gonna go with the Islanders on the money line minus one thirty, where I'm seeing it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's gonna be excitement, lots of anticipation. This team has been waiting for the Bo Horvat debut for. A while now. He was in Disney when he got traded. Then he went to another Floridian town to participate in an all-star game. <laughs> now he finally gets to join the New York Islanders and will do so in Philly. Uh, I think the I, I just think there's gonna be a lot of excitement with that group. They have to make best use of these 30 games that they have remaining on the schedule. I think the Islanders have a good night and they start out on the right foot in the Bo Horvat era. And got to see Bo Horvat in 
Islanders jerseys for the first time, but it wasn't really. It was the reverse retro, mm-hmm. which I don't really like you that don't like one. The fisherman and people one. like the fisherman one. It just doesn't do it for me. Okay. But you got to see a little taste of you what you're going to see tonight. Fish sticks vibe? Yeah, kind of like a cartoon. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go through some wake and rate picks. Well, Eric and Burlington's on the same page as both of us. Good morning. Hockey's back tonight. I'm so happy. It's tough to read how well teams will respond after a long break, but I like the Islanders' money line tonight. They just got the big bow acquisition and signing to fire up the team will come out of the all-star break with some enthusiasm. So you get to join your pick with Eric. I got uh, Ron and Juliana. They write, let's see if we can get the week started on the winning foot. For the anchor, Ron has over five and a half New York Islanders Philly. Is it all? Just do a is it all Islanders Philly? Wake and rake. Uh, two bad teams. Carter Hart. Carter Hart is good for at least three goals mm-hmm. against Juliana. Of course, upset with Steph injured again. She likes Jordan Poole. It does go to Poole. The Pool power party, transfers. Baby. The power transfers from Steph Curry to Jordan Poole over twenty four and a half points. He'll pick up the slack as they write. Okay, I'm kind of liking an all Islanders Flyers parlay. <laughs> Let's keep going though. Um, good morning. We, after- we haven't even done that for a Leaf game. We're no, doing we have Random Islanders <laughs> Flyers. Good morning. After going one and one on the show picks Friday, I'm going to WTA Abu Dhabi and Danielle Collins on the money line over Yelena, Yelena Ostapenko. Nice. Yelena? I think Yelena. Yelena. At minus 135. You know who this is. Neil in Newfoundland going with the more consistent player playing the better tennis the last few months. So Ostapenko on the money line at minus 135. And last one, short anchor selection today. Sorry, uh, it's Danielle Collins on the money line over Ostapenko. Right. I'll go with Corey. Uh, Corey in Port Hope says, good morning. Usually go for hockey with my wake and rake, but it's so hard to judge how players will perform coming out of the all-star break. Fair. Mm-hmm. So he's going to the NBA and taking Jason Tatum over eight and a half rebounds at plus 105. So a little plus money in the wake and rake has hit that in nine of his last interesting. 11. I, it is an interesting night. I think Corey from Port Hope brings up a good point. What is it going to look like around the NHL today? I'm kind of looking at that lightning at Florida. Minus 125 on the money line for the Tampa Bay lightning. Florida's at like not all those players are involved, but Kachuk, but they were probably around Barkov. Maybe a couple hanging around. Maybe they had a night. They didn't have to leave. They didn't have to go to an island. They're already in the, right. the hot weather. Maybe Florida's got a little bit of a hangover going on today, <laughs> and Tampa will be ready to go. But Florida has played better lately, so you're kind of just like building your own narrative. I think the Horvat narrative stronger. That's why we are got that one circled, I guess. How about the Canucks sans Bo Horvat playing the Devils tonight? I like the Devils to just steamroll. Yeah, it feels like a Devils night. They're minus one and, one and a half is plus 105. Minus 260 on the money line's a bit rich. Yeah. Um, do you want to go with the all-same-game parlay here? Let's do it. Okay. Let's watch the Islanders and Let's, Flyers there's nothing on sweeter. February 6th, 2023. You had that one circled as a litmus test for months, eh? Yeah, it's a big one. It's a huge game tonight. We're going to do a same-game parlay for the Wake and Rake. It's going to be over six-and-a-half goals. Islanders on the straight-up money line and Bo Horvat over two-and-a-half shots. That together, your wake and rake plus 508 today. Love it. Hopefully the Islanders come to play or this is just a <laughs> I mean, tire if we go, fire. If we go down, we go down swinging. Like yeah, you we, might we as either, well. If you're parlaying it up, if they're correlated, that's great. If it goes south, we lose all three. It doesn't matter. Your alternative parlay only features Danielle Collins on the money line over Ostapenko. We didn't have a lot of, my, a lot of wake and rake picks this morning. That's all right. People Get back are, to it. Super Bowl week. It's, it's a gambling week. week. Waste management open. Let's go. <laughs> so we do have the Super Bowl to tee up all week long. Um, Maple Leafs not in action until Friday night. They yep. play a home and home against the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
And your Toronto Raptors are back in action on Wednesday against the Spurs. Could be the last time we see this team all together at home. Could be a nice game. We to could go have attend. already seen it. You certainly could have, yes. But Wednesday's kind of the last. So option. You've had a couple of days to think about the Raptors here. Not that you were consuming yourself over the last three days with the Toronto Raptors. But do you feel one way or the other in terms of where they're going to go? Yeah, I, I think. I think a lot of people had a reflective weekend when it comes to the Raptors. I think with the way that the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes went so quickly and left a lot of teams with money in their hand. I really think that there's going to be some, some moves here that we're going to be. Desperation, want, that mm-hmm. Western Conference is wide open. And, and wide that's the thing. We open. look through the, the, the standings and from like sixth place to 12th place, it is all one game apart. Like mm-hmm. you can go on a little stretch here and you can be securely in a playoff position or you can fall off. And that could be one Fred Van Vliet, one Gary Trent Jr. away from really making a push here. And, of course, OG Ananobi, who's probably most likely to go mm-hmm. and really, really be a difference maker, uh, if healthy and if willing. Uh, no, I'm just assuming Western Conference, but really, any team that's serious goes out and get OG. They can fit them into their team. They can fit them into their roster. Uh, and he can make a big difference. So uh, all eyes, I think, on the Raptors, deservedly so, unless another Kyrie situation pops up. The KD thing is interesting, though. Yep. Teams are like, well, KD, if you hate it there, we're, we're, we're waiting. Yeah. And uh, poor LeBron James. Tomorrow, though, I can't wait to tee up. LeBron's 36 points away from the all-time record. Does he do it tomorrow night or does he do it Thursday night? Got lots of thoughts on that. We'll get back to that tomorrow morning. Thanks for joining us on the Fan Morning Show on a Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day.